Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 99 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Sports Lounge Live. Perry, Bill, and all the gang here this afternoon on uh, Tuesday March 28th. So we do have a busy show, so let's get right to it. Right, and it's show number 239, and uh, this is Chris, and our uh, host to be named later, Rick, is here with us too, our NFL uh, expert, and uh, so uh, and other things too. Uh, so we have a pretty uh, busy agenda. It's two days before opening day. It's it's uh, final four time in, in all of the college basketball tournament and hockey. And, uh, you know, the pro seasons are winding down and the baseball season is about to start. So we have NASCAR and golf to start with. That makes sense, right? But we want to get them done. And, and uh, they were both in Austin. So, uh, you know, we, we can't leave them out because Sean will be pouting the rest of the show. So we have NASCAR. We go, have golf. We have college sports, all of the above that I just mentioned. Talk about those. Baseball, of course, with opening day very near. NFL, the owners' meetings are going on. Uh, then we have uh, Tom Brady got into the news this week, and we'll talk about that, uh, the NHL. And then if we have time, we have some media stuff. But it's all dependent on time. So we'll start off with NASCAR and Tyler Reddick won at uh, Austin at, at the uh, Formula One track, 3.4-mile track. And uh, Kyle Busch was second, and Alex Bowman was third. And then in, also in the golf, the WGC um, Dell Match Play Tournament was held also in Austin. Uh, 60, they do it like the NCAA. They start with 64. They don't have to play it, but they do it the, the 64, 32, 16, like that. And uh, Sam Burns beat uh, Cameron Young. And, uh, okay, they, they could play as many as seven, 18-hole rounds, but they don't have to. If you're up by two with uh, one to go or something like that, you can stop a match early. That's called winning two to one or three two if you're up by three with two to go. But either way, um, they do play a lot of golf, and you know it's quite a, an endurance thing. For the, it can be that much for the four days if you still go. Uh, and I guess they're, this is the last year they're going to do it because they're going to have more big money tournaments and more no cut tournaments. Uh, you know, sort of trying to nip a uh, live in the bud and get things uh, a little more like that because those are you know like uh, taking a couple of AFL ideas into the NFL. That's kind of what they did. So uh, we'll see how that works. Yeah, what what it is, Chris? It's basically uh, all right. The first three days, you're in four, uh, sixteen groups of four, and you do a round robin against your group, and then whoever comes out makes the final sixteen. And they're replacing it next year. Jim Crane's a big investor in the Houston Open, 
So, and the con- the contract with the Austin Country Club's up, and that's not really good for a stroke play uh, type tournament, but it's good for these matches. So, the Houston Open is going to move back into that slot right before the Valero and all the and San Antonio and the Texas run, basically. Okay, all right. Uh, so now we'll move on to college, and that's uh, the thing that everybody was focused on this weekend. And of course, the uh, men's NCAA first of all. And we can talk about the four games uh, that led to the Final Four, and then we'll give you some interesting statistics. Statistics. So this is not your typical Duke, Michigan, UCLA, uh, Kentucky Final Four. This is uh, teams nope. you haven't seen very often in there. Uh, one, only one's been there before. So Florida yep. Atlantic uh, won the first game, beating on Saturday, beating Kansas State, 79-76. That was a good game, good back and forth game. Both teams oh, yeah. uh, had a chance at it, and uh, so that was cool. And then UConn killed Gonzaga, 82 to 54, and that was unbelievable. I mean, UConn was hitting everything. Gonzaga had uh, foul trouble, but they just weren't in the game. I mean, even even though there was a controversial <laughs> call that got uh, Timmy his fourth foul for Gonzaga, that was like uh, UConn was already up by about 15 points. And yeah, it didn't, it didn't make any difference. Yeah, didn't, not no, a difference at all. No. So uh, UConn really is surprising people. I mean, hey, they went 14-0 at the beginning of the year, and then they had a bit of a slump in the middle, but then they, they bounced right back. San Diego State beat Creighton on Sunday, 67-66. And this is one of those where it came down to the end. There was a, uh, It was tied, and there was a foul called. It was, a, according to the Westwood one, people, it was a legitimate foul it, call. It was. It was. It was. Even, is, even Greg McDermott, as mad as he was, he said after looking, he said it, it may be w- – you can argue whether it should have been called or not, but he 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 did admit that his player pushed the guy's arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, unlike that call we had with the Celtics that time, where they didn't call the foul and they should have, uh, they did call it this time, and they should. I mean, if if, if it's a legitimate foul, so so San Diego State won that one, sixty-seven, sixty-six. And then Miami beat Sean's Texas team, uh, eighty-eight, eighty-one. It looked like uh, Texas was kind of ahead there for quite a while. They were Miami out. took it over. They were up by 13 at one point. They had them up by 13 in Miami. Then they just they just couldn't hit the three. They were they were lit for like good 30 minutes of the game. They were up, and then just I think they ran out of gas, and Miami took over. And you know, and, and there again, and there again, there was a call in that game too. But yes, from what I heard, it, that too was a was a legitimate. Foul. It was legitimate. It was what Craig Way said it was legitimate. So yeah, he he. Had the, <laughs> Okay, so then for uh, on Saturday, we have the uh, schedule for the Final Four. San Diego State will play Florida Atlantic in the first game. That will be at 6.09 Eastern time. And, of course, this is in uh, Houston. Uh, they're going to play it at uh, what, the Reliant uh, Stadium, I suppose. That was yeah. playing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then, or NRG. NRG, NRG yeah. that's what they call it now. Yeah, the, the home of yeah. the uh, uh, Houston Texans. And then Miami and UConn at uh, 8.49 Eastern. And so it's similar to the Final Four that we had um, – you know, the, what was it? I think it was UConn and Kentucky played, and Butler and Wichita State. So you had sort of the big, uh, the big kid table and the little kid table played, yeah. and then one of the big kids played one of the little kids. I think that's how that was that well, year. Yeah, so well, but, but my and Miami. Here's the interesting thing with them. He won. They when they beat Texas, it was on the anniversary of when Jim Laranega took George Mason to the Final Four in yep. 2006. So, oh, yeah. And he and beat UConn. Same coach. Do it. Yeah, yeah, same coach beat, oh, yeah, beat UConn to do it. But it, I, uh, Miami, like I said, Miami, I don't really, they're not really one of the big boys. They kind of are, but, you know, they're kind of the. Well, the <laughs> second biggest boy there. I mean, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. and, you know, and, you know, as as we've talked about before, every team, though, one thing that may go in favor of Miami, every team that, that you know, eventually wins, mm-hmm. 
they have a game that they shouldn't have win or shouldn't have won. I should say, well, that's good English, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, but I don't know how much of it, Chris, you listened to that on the first round when they played Drake, Miami by rights probably should have lost that game. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't hear much of that one, but no, I yeah, know. Drake, I had a, that Drake had an eight-point lead with five minutes to go. All you have to do is you can even lose a couple points, but Drake at that point, I don't know that they scored maybe a free throw or two yeah. to the end of that game. So case in point, teams, you have to score. You can't go into these long scoring droughts yeah. because it'll cost yeah. you. No, and it did, but the way UConn has been winning is similar to the way UCLA used to win their championships. You know, 20, 15 points, right. 20 points, 25 points. And, and you every, know, they could keep yeah, doing it, game, but you don't know. Yeah. Every game has been won by at least, what, 22 points? Every game yeah, in the tournament so. so far? I think so. Yeah, 22. And, and, you know, and then you got like, and Florida Atlantic. We've been saying, watch Florida Atlantic. All They've been ranked. They've been most of the year. And they're that team that. I mean, you can argue, you can argue uh, they, ask, should they have been higher than a ninth yeah. seed? Ask Jerome mm-hmm. Tang. They're not a Cinderella story. No, no, they're not. And they're going in. And next year, they're going into the uh, to the America. They're losing Houston. You're getting uh, you're getting Florida Atlantic plus UAB and North Texas going in there in the uh, who are in the NIT semifinals. Fine, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah go. you got them, and they're they're all going in. So replacing Houston, but I mean Houston just now. You know, everybody thought, oh, Jim Nance, you know Jim Nance had this thing all ready to go, Houston in the final, and now he had to just rip it all up. <laughs> you know, Houston, but, um, no problems tonight, you know. That's, yeah. But, but you but, know, here's the thing. Bill Raftery was saying after the Texas game on Sunday, and I think there's validity to this, he said for those who love the, the little guy in the final four or teams that you don't expect in the final four, he said, you probably yep. better get used to this because yep. yeah. with NIL and the transfer portal, he said, you're going to see this more often than you yep. think. Yep. I agree. And you're see, you're seeing players, like I said, and even before NIL, you started seeing, look the last few years, the teams yep. that have been winning were not the one and done teams. They were the teams like Villanova who had players that stayed. Now with NIL, they're like, do I really want to go play in the G League and make thirty-five grand, or I can maybe get a good commercial deal and make this money here? And you're going to see, you're going to see stuff like that happen because NBA is talking about eliminating the one and done and just letting it go. And if they do that, you're going to see a lot of players, maybe not your five-star athlete, but those guys that want to be there, and then maybe they can play three or four years and they'll have a better chance of either playing in NBA or Europe. And you're going to see, you'll see more of this because, like I said, you have one team. Been there three teams that have never been in the Final Four. Right. Miami. So, Miami didn't have basketball until eighty. They they dropped it in the sixties and came back in eighty nine. Florida Atlantic has only had basketball since eighty eight. And San Diego yep. State, of course, they've never been there. So I mean, we'll run down some of the stuff. And you know, I thought I yeah. thought when the, when NIL came in, and if you remember right, uh, mm-hmm. Sean and I vehemently debated this. Sean loved yes. it at the time. I hated it. I mean, I'm still not in real real, <sighs> real enthused, but. The little schools, you're having people step up to keep these schools what they should be. So it's not, I mean, to this point, maybe down the road it will, but to this point, you've not seen it hurt anybody yet. No, it, like I said, it's helped the little guys a little more. Than, yes. Now, in football, there's a bit of a difference. That's what we'll right, yeah. football's, football's a whole nother I story. Think, I think it'll eventually work it out, eventually. 
possible. Oh, this was the first time ever that no number one seed made the, even the Elite Eight. We've had uh, you know Final Fours with no number ones in the Final Four, but uh, in the years, uh, no number ones made it uh, from 1979 on uh, to the Final Four were 1980, 2006, 2011, and, uh, you know, the, so now in this year, of course. Uh, okay, so uh, UConn and uh, Florida Atlantic were uh, uh, three, uh, what are they, three seeds? No, they're, Florida Atlantic's a nine, and UConn's mm-hmm. a what? A four. A four. And San, Diego State, and San Diego State and Miami were both five seeds. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no top three seeds in the final four. I don't know when the last time that's happened, and you haven't had a one, two, or a three, but yeah. yeah. Okay, and then uh, Florida Atlantic had not won a game before this year in the tournament, and here they are Correct. in the Final Four. So yep. uh, two uh, two teams to make the championship game uh, since uh, '91 that weren't from uh, the uh, you know uh, the Big East. So in other words, one a, a team will make the championship game for the first time since '91 that's not either in the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the ACC, or the SEC. So and Gonzaga did it. I'm sorry, Gonzaga did it twice. But the, uh, since then, that's all that's been since '91, and we will have another team do it because for, because of that game with Florida Atlantic. Uh, you know that that uh, we were talking about earlier uh, and San Diego mm-hmm. State. Uh, either uh, let's see, okay, uh, either the Midwest Conference or the USA Conference USA will be in this year. Uh, okay, and then uh, the ones that are in are the Midwest, the Big East, the AC, Mountain West, Mountain West, Mountain West. West. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, Big East, Mountain West, ACC, and uh, USA. And then in 2020, this is interesting. I didn't know this. San Diego State was 30 and two before the pandemic. Correct. They were. Yes, they they, they were. Pred- they were going to be a number one seed going. Mm-hmm. They were going to be a number one seed that year. Yeah. And this is the first time uh, since 1970 that three teams that had never been in the Final Four are in. Of course, uh, UCLA was there in 70 and won the championship. St. Bonaventure and Jacksonville were there. And the reason they were there was St. Bonaventure had Al, uh, Hal, uh, Hal, uh, Bob Lanier and Jacksonville had Artis Gilmore. So that's why they were yep. there. And I don't know who the fourth team was, but UCLA ended up winning it. And if uh, Miami wins it, Jim Laranega will be the oldest coach to win the title. Uh, and we just already talked about George Mason in 2006. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? We got more. Oh, there's always – no, this is so unique. That's that's the thing. And then uh, – and uh, now we got uh, Texas uh, uh, re-signed Rodney uh, Terry, uh, Sean. Yeah, five-year contract. They they gave it to him on his 55th birthday, which – now, he, Chip Brown was saying, who usually knows that this was already decided they were going to hire him going into the tournament. They just didn't know how long the contract was going to be, but it was already kind of a decision. He knew that it was his. It was his to turn down, but Penn State and California both looking at him. So they had the press conference today. They introduced him, and a lot of guys were there. LaMarcus Aldridge was there uh, – T.J. Ford, who he coached as an assistant, uh, a lot of you know different guys because he recruited a lot of those Rick Barnes guys, Kevin Durant, D.J. Augustine, P.J. Tucker, all those guys that you know now and Tristan Thompson. He recruited a lot of them for Rick Barnes. So uh-huh. and, Rick, and Rick Barnes, by the way, speaking speaking of which, Rick Barnes again is under. Um, I wouldn't say under fire, but is being questioned because here again he was kind of supposed to make it out of the region and he didn't. Yep. Nope. Okay. Um, let's see what else we got. We got more college stuff uh, left and right here. Um, okay. We also have that, uh, uh, and uh, that was announced today. The Frozen Four. Uh, B- before, uh, Chris, the- before you go to the Frozen Four, I don't yeah. know if it, I don't know if anybody listened a lot to the 
to the west would one cruise for the sweet 16 i and they had some i mean i'm not the yeah. biggest kevin kugler fan in the world but other than him tom mccarthy uh and yep. gary cohen they are two of the best out there yeah. i could listen to those guys all the time they are oh, really yeah. really good and tom mccarthy was saying what people don't know and probably don't appreciate with Jordan Cornette, who worked with him this week, he said, man, after sitting here with you for three games, he said, you know these basketball rules. Because Tom said, there were a couple things that that happened. He said, I didn't even know it. And he said, you pointed it out to me. So <laughs> he said, you know these rules. Well, it's good that they were good because uh, there, was, there wasn't a lot of streaming going no, on, especially there wasn't. Sunday. Now, Friday, there was a little bit. UConn did stream Saturday night and mm-hmm. stuff. There was a little streaming on Friday and Saturday, but Sunday was pretty tough. So I, I anyway. checked, Chris, after we had talked, and you said that 1620 The Zone did not stream this weekend. I mm. checked, and I could not get them either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, moving on to the Frozen Four, and we will get back to college basketball again, of course. But BUB Cornell, Boston University, on Saturday, 2-1 to one to qualify. And that was uh, one team. Minnesota beat uh, St. Cloud State. I didn't get the final on that. Miss A did not have that one. But BU and Minnesota will be playing. This is a lot more traditional Final Four than you usually uh, than you get in the, getting in the men. And uh, uh, so BU and Minnesota will play in one uh, part of it in Tampa. It's at the Emily Arena. Quinnipiac beat Ohio State 4-1, to and they've been a very good hockey team for a while now. But Michigan is an old uh, participant, and Michigan is back. They beat Penn State 2-1 to in overtime, so they'll play in the other uh, fine, uh, half of the uh, draw. So there we go. Uh, let's see, and the, uh, the champion will be crowned on the 8th of, of uh, April. And actually, you guys were talking, or we were talking before the show, wonder if it might do the women's game a little good to move back to, like a hockey schedule. It moved uh, everything back for the hockey and uh, keep the, move the women's uh, back a week. I think, it maybe... co- I think it could because, I mean, you know, um, if you have a team in the women's tournament, um, you're going to follow it. But you know that the men's tournament is by far and away out in front, and mm-hmm. it would probably do the women good to play mm-hmm. on a different weekend than that first weekend of the men's tournament. Yeah, and you know, and and that way, the first week in the men's tournament, the women can have their conference tournaments because they'll have ESPN open for those cause right. for most of those for their and they they can start their they would have their first round on the Sweet Sixteen round of the men, and they could have their Elite Eight on Saturday during the daytime before the Final Four on ESPN, and then Sunday during the day, and then you know come on next week with Final Four at the same. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be going against the Masters, but still, I think you know it, it would work. Okay. Yeah, they'd be at night anyway. So. By the way, Chris, one more men's notes. T- sorry yep. to go back, but uh, no, did no you problem. get that Micah Shrewsbury is the new Notre Dame coach of Penn State? No. Oh, yes, okay. Micah, State? Micah okay. Shrewsbury of Penn State has been hired at Notre Dame to be their new head coach. Bob, if you want to unmute real quick, we would be able to hear you. Sure. Yeah, the Bob, dog is going too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to have the wrestling moved. Also, the wrestling is on the first day of the men's <laughs> tournament. With the 16, you know, those first yeah, that, you know, that's a good yeah. point, too, Bob. Maybe it would be good um, to move the wrestling a little bit, too. So, you, good yeah. point. Good point. So, so, talking about the women again, uh, Ohio State beat UConn 73-61, and that broke UConn's 14 uh, straight years 
in the, for the Final Four in, in women's basketball. And that is a streak, I think, like Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. You're not going to see that again in either side of the bracket, I men would, or women. I would, I would tend to agree. A lot, a lot more parity now. So you're not going to see that. And then when we to get the, for the regional finals for the women, you had LSU beating Miami uh, 54-42 to qualify. And apparently, um, now do you know, and maybe if Pierre wants to chime in, he can let us know. I remember one of the things he was concerned about was just when they were starting, I think it was the SEC tournament, their their best player got hurt. Did she come back, or are they just working around it to get? To I'm the not sure. Point? I'm not sure. But they that game, in all honesty, you never you never felt that it was even that it was a 12 point game, but you never felt that it was really that close. Yeah. Okay. And then Iowa beat Louisville ninety-seven to eighty-three. So why don't you talk and they, about? Your... And they got off to a very slow start. Iowa did. Louisville got out to a bigger, a big lead, and uh, Iowa had to come back. But uh, as we'll hear in a minute, Caitlin Clark put on quite the show. And you know, from I, I obviously don't know her, but from people who have met her in the, both members of the media, um, she is. As good of a ball player as she is, from what you hear, she's even a better person than that. Um, I've also, heard that. Also, I, I, I would want to pass on, uh, I had never heard this, but for those who don't know, Iowa had a recruit, Ava Jones, and her family was involved in a very serious automobile accident. And um, I guess they're going to, even though she'll probably never play basketball, they're going to give her a scholarship anyway so she can get her education. Uh, a couple family members were, at least one was seriously injured. There may have been fatalities. But nonetheless, at when that happened, Lisa Bluter placed a call to Jeff Walls, the Louisville coach. He had never met this family in any way. And, you know, Lisa said, since you live in the Kentucky, Louisville area where they are, you know, can you try to help them get an automobile and this and that. So without ever meeting the family, the Louisville coach called and got them an automobile, no charge to them, um, but he got them the automobile. So I mean, that Good. that is incredible character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Caitlin Clark it was the first men, man or woman to ever have a triple-double with more than 41 points. I guess she had 41 points, yeah. uh, 10 uh, rebounds, and 12 assists. Is that what it was? She did, yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's amazing. So I'm sure she's on the radar for the WNBA right You now. know, I have heard that, but Rob Brooks was talking about it during the game, uh, and he said that um, when they did their senior day, you know, normally if you think that somebody's going to the WNBA, they'll recognize them anyway. They didn't recognize her, so he said, I'm not sure that she's going to go to the WNBA this year. She may come back for her senior year. Okay, well, that'd be good. Okay, and then the other half of the bracket, uh, or the, or the uh, finals last night, South Carolina beat Maryland 86-75. to 75. So it sounds like Maryland put up a reasonable fight there. And uh, Virginia Tech beat Ohio State 84-74. So you got Virginia Tech versus LSU on Friday in Dallas, and that's at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then at 9.30 Eastern, have Iowa and South Carolina. I guess everybody's expecting South Carolina to win it, but, uh, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. Who, know, who knows? I mean, yes, they are. They're heavy, heavy <laughs> favorites, but you know what? Don't. Don't sleep on this Iowa team. I mean, ever no. they they are very good, and they know yeah. it's more than that. Yes, they have Caitlin Clark, but every player on that team kind of knows their role, and they know what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I would don't sleep on that team. Yeah, well, I think UConn's going to win the men. I, uh, that's my prediction. I mean, of course, that's who I'm rooting for being the New England team. But I just think it's it's kind of lining up like they're sort of like the UCLA. They've been there before. 
they again, it's a little like 2011 when they won it, when mm-hmm. they had to play Kentucky and uh, the other two, uh, you know, Wichita State and Butler played. So I'm kind of thinking that it's going to be UConn. I don't know what you guys. UConn's the only team I had in the Final Four still left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I had them coming out of the West, but I had, you know, I had Texas, I had uh, San Diego. Oh wait, no, no, I had San Diego State losing in the regional finals. I forget okay. who I had. I had them losing the. I actually had them losing to Creighton. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had them losing to Creighton. They had actually played each other last year, and uh, Creighton beat them in the in the tournament. Yeah. I didn't realize they were talking about that during the game. So, mm-hmm. but I think UConn will do it. I hope they do anyway. So the NIT we have tonight in uh, Las Vegas, of all places, that kind of takes away from the. It, you does, know, it does. You know, but they're going to play it there. It's Wisconsin against North Texas at seven, and then at nine thirty, UAB against. Uh, Utah, uh, Utah, Utah Valley. Valley State. Utah Valley, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mark Manson, the Utah Valley uh, coach, is one of the candidates for the uh, Cal job. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess and we that can go should on. be. By the way, uh, in the NIT, Wisconsin, of course, is a Big Ten team, but mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a smaller conference team play them because UAB is uh, Conference USA, <laughs> and then. And then Utah Valley is, I'm not sure what what they're even in. There is a player, if you're watching that second game, Jordan Jelly Walker for UAB. And this guy is supposed to be the real deal. So if you catch a second, and it is on Westwood One, so you can listen to it no matter what. Um, This guy is supposed to be the real deal. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And for these, tune-in may work, but I don't know. Maybe they Westwood ones. They haven't. Too, so. They haven't been for the. Oh. I don't know why they haven't been for the no. IT, but. Okay. Sometimes the stations will stream, but I don't know right. where where they are. So, anyway. So, any more of our college notes before we move on to baseball and do our predictions in a few minutes? Oh, award award winning predictions. Award winning yes. predictions. As a matter of fact, Jeff gave us his award to borrow for this week so that we yeah, could uh, give only, only for this week. Only for this week. He yeah. gets it back uh, on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So baseball, well, we of course, we left off with the WBC, and Japan uh, beat the United States in a really good game, 3-2 to two on Tuesday night, and Otani struck out Mike Trout. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. They were saying it would be really kind of funny if the most climactic at bat you know, of the season ended up happening before the season started because it really was a, a made-for-Hollywood moment there. Um, a catcher from Cuba defected. We don't have his name, but he's 26 years old, so he's yep. certainly prime MLB uh, material, and we'll probably have, see him somewhere. I'm sure they have to. They can't quite uh, sign him right now under under the, the Cubans' noses, but I'm right. sure he'll be in the mix down the road. And I'm really surprised we haven't heard about more since they were in Miami to play that game. So well, you know, they probably had a lot of security around. Yeah. Uh, WBC final uh, drew five million uh, viewers between the Spanish viewing audience and the English speaking. So that's pretty good. And uh, I heard I, a I, thing too though, Chris, that in Japan and I don't know if this ever turned out to be true that ninety seven percent of viewers were watching that WBC game. The final that is I'm not, correct. I've heard yeah. I've heard I'm that too. Right. Because they used to talk about when Dice K would pitch or when you know different ones, you know, different ones that had been stars in Japan would pitch. You know, more the pitchers because the players are gonna play every day. But oh, yeah. they would get up at all hours of the night to watch Red Sox games and do it with the Yankees too, when they're pitching, you know, when they 'cause when they had uh, Tanaka and so forth. They they go nuts over this stuff. They really oh, yeah. do, you know. So uh, one thing I wish they would quit doing though with these with these competitions is those 
blasted horns. Oh my oh, god. god. You know, yeah. it's like you're trying to listen to something and, and all of a sudden you have these horns. It's like we don't have horns in baseball. You know what yeah. I was noticing? I didn't notice it so much when I was listening to the U.S. Mexican game of a couple of weeks. Well, I said Mexican. I wasn't supposed to. Apparently, you're supposed to say Team USA and Team Mexico. You can't say the Mexicans have runners on first and third or the Americans are two outs or something. I don't know. Don't ask me, but this is probably more political correctness. I don't even understand. They never said that they would say Team Japan, Team USA, not the Americans right. and the Japanese. So yeah. I don't get it. Okay, so I'm going to run through some of these delineations that they came out with about the you know changes to some of the rules because some of them, they're seeing what's actually happening. You know, Spring training is always a work in progress, and I think there'll be some changes even during the season, but they said the the, uh, the umpires can now delay the pitch clock uh, after a big swing by a batter or if a pitcher covers first, third, or, or, or home. They said the ump can uh, give a catcher more time if they've been on base at the end of the last inning or on deck or at bat because uh, they got to change the equipment and all that. Can grant a pitcher one more uh, uh, warm-up throw when this happens, and, and of course this would be at the end of a half inning. Uh, you know what's happening? I, I assume they'll get this more down. Have you guys been noticing on your spring, spring training broadcast that you'll come back and they'll say it's already strike or something on somebody? Yes. Yeah, and I imagine that'll change during the regular season because – and and with these spring training games, I know everybody's, wow, the times are like 2.20 and 2.10. And I listened to one the other day, and the time was below two hours. It's yeah. not going to be quite that short in the regular season. No, I think I think I don't think they're giving them their full. It's supposed to be 90 seconds between half innings, and I don't think right. they're giving them the full 90 seconds because yeah. uh, EEI's been back and they get get in and get out pretty good. They're professional, but they've been back late uh, often during spring training. Uh, the shift violation uh, that can have video review, and it, it only can involve the pay player who touches the, the ball. It's after the play occurs, and uh, because you have to wait and see, the team may not want to challenge it because they may get a hit, and they don't want to, you know. Sure. So the ump, one, there was a mistake made during spring training once where the guy called a shift violation, and the guy had gotten a hit, so you weren't supposed to do that. You have to wait for the outcome of the play, and also it has to involve somebody who they're now clarifying that touches the ball. Or it's well, and, the, and remember, you the team doesn't necessarily you're gonna to have to be careful with these challenges too because you don't want to lose your challenge that early in the game and another thing they're trying to do is now <clears throat> you have to notify the umpire as soon as the play is over that you want to look at something and then you get 15 seconds now to decide if you want it reviewed so right. and then part of the reason for that i was listening to the giants last night and we'll talk about what happened there in a few minutes yeah. but um dave fleming was saying that part of the goal there is they want these teams to save their challenges if you know for high leverage situations in the game right right so um let's see that we uh, after the hitter uh, uh that takes a timeout the clock will start when the hitter indicates he's he's ready so before they were just sort of arbitrarily starting it you know when they when he returned to the box they'd start it but sometimes the hitter still needed to adjust a little bit you know, adjust the gloves or something so they're now going to wait i mean these things will not take away from the general it's just no. more fairness is what they're adding it it's not taken away from the general goal at all and an average down uh, time down by uh, 25 minutes from uh, three, about three hours last year in the spring training to 2:36, and bat boys and girls will have to be uh, you know moving right along too. They That's don't want correct. them delaying the game. So, uh, and you know that'll, that'll be boy, the umps get booed if the home bat boy gets called for a violation. You know? But they won't tell us what's going on. That's the other problem. 
And, uh, you know, they really need to, and, you know, as, as Joe and uh, Will were saying today, you know, the umpires don't want to be on microphone. As Joe said, well, too bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's part of your job, the NFL. Versus and they the are, they are on, on the mic for the, you know, for the replays. Yeah, I did hear, yeah, last night, and I don't think I'd heard that very much, but I did hear that on the Giants game. So I think maybe when, in the Major League ballparks we might see that. Right. Uh, and uh, and they're they're going to work on that pitch com business. I was mentioning before the uh, show that uh, they were working on the pitch com for the Red Sox yesterday. Veritech was out there trying to help the catcher get it going, and they called a violation, and that's directly against the memo. So that that wasn't right. They weren't supposed to do that. Uh, so Justin uh, Shackle will be the pregame host for the Yankees now, replacing Sweeney Murray on WFAN and the Yankee Network, and he'll also do in uh, do about uh, thirty games uh, replacing John. Sterling. Yep. Probably uh, the West do, Coast things, you know. Yeah. And he'll also do games on, on the F network. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Apple said if you want to one watch. Th- one thing, Chris, before okay. we leave uh, Justin Shackle, yep. the Yankees were saying the reason they made this decision, I don't know why they didn't make it earlier, but the reason they finally mm-hmm. did is when he was filling in for John Sterling last year, they got very good reviews. You know, the fans enjoyed um, him and his work with Susan Waldman. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I didn't, you know, I listened to so many people come in and come out. I remember Ricky Ricardo. I probably listened to him too. And if when I hear him, maybe I'll remember him. But you know, it's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah, no, Ricky Ricardo is very good. I, you know, he did a talk show on FAN a few Sundays ago that was very interesting. He was well, I imagine about with it. Ricky Ricardo, they probably don't want to move him because then they'd have to hire somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Spanish, yeah. Uh, Apple said if you want to watch the Friday night baseball games, you have to be an Apple subscriber now. They used to uh, make Apple it Plus. Uh, Apple, Apple Plus, Plus subscriber, uh, similar yeah. to their ML, MLS deal. So, And uh, Jed Lowry is retri- retiring after 14 years. He played for the Red Sox, the A's, and Houston, and many injuries. It was always too bad. He always seemed to be like he was just getting it going here, and then he'd get hurt. I don't know if that was still the case in Oakland, too, Robert. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but he was a good player. You know, he, he always and he always played hard, and uh, you know, he was always one of the guys that you rooted for back in the, the you know two thousand seven, eight, nine when the, when he was here. So that's good. Well, Robert, one piece something. of uh, A's news that just came across: um, Christian <laughs> Pache did not yeah. make the A's opening day roster. He is out of options, so they have yeah, to really they have to very seriously hope nobody claimed him, and I'll bet somebody right. does. I'm sure somebody will, because uh, he doesn't hit worth a lick of beans, but he's a very good defensive outfielder, especially yeah, center field. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, Here's go. a piece of they, news real quick. Uh, okay. It looks like Prime Video is going to stream the Yankee games this year, so if you remember Prime Video, which... Uh, they're only going to do 20 games, Bill, and that's going to be Wednesday night. Oh, okay. And you can get it free, I guess, if you're a if Prime... You're, yeah. If you're an Amazon Prime member, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're only going to do 20 games, and they're going to be on Wednesdays. It used to be on Friday. Also, speaking of streaming, you know, I've told you for years, teams that we were blocked out of, um, one of those teams have been dropped. The Rockies have been dropped from our block. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. But still, of course, the the Cubs, White Sox, Twins, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, they're all still on there. Yeah, well, there was a vote, and they said, who do they care less about in the morning? (laughs) They said, the Rockies. All right, let's drop them. You know, that's good. Give them something. Uh, So, anyway, Lowry's been offered a job with the Mets, so we'll see if he takes that. Well, and he may not take that because he's involved. Chris, I I found out more information. He's involved with the group of people that want to bring a team to Portland. Because he's from the Oregon area. Oh, 
Oh, cool. All right. Uh, Reese Hoskins uh, will be out for the year for the uh, Phillies. Their first baseman was a torn ACL, so that's not a good start for the Phillies. And they have Uh, announced, Chris, that they are, at least for now, they're going to go with Derek Hall. Yeah, that's okay. what I thought. And uh, we had a little back and forth on this, but as far as we know, the Angels are not doing uh, going to travel their uh, radio team this year. Uh, that's as or far the as blue, or the Blue Jays or the Blue Jays. Um, the, and we don't know about tweet, the Orioles. Yes, a tweet came out last Friday morning from Mike Varon, which he tweeted, and I don't remember the writer's name that covers the Angels who said it. And uh, to the retweet, Farron simply said. Can we please have the Angels and the Blue Jays traveling? So I guess, I guess if um, if the writer was wrong and they are traveling, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they got to Dodger Stadium Sunday night. I don't know. That might they, work. Did, they were at Dodger Stadium, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals actually got hurt during the WBC, too. He had a groin mm-hmm. injury, and uh, so he's missing the opening day. Uh, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Luis Severino is another injury for the Yankees. He'll start in the IIL because of a lower right lat strain. Yep. And those, are, those are tough injuries to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got uh, Severino and Carlos Rodon and a few other Frankie Yankees. Montas is out for the year, yep. I think, yep. I just heard. So uh-huh. the Yankees have... Uh, they're hoping that he may come back late in the year. And then, of course, Scott Efros, one of their bullpen guys, is out for the year with TJ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jordan Walker, an outfielder for the... Uh, for the uh, uh, Cardinals made uh, St. Louis. He's one of the outfield prospects, and people think he's gonna got a real big upside. Um, the uh, let's see, we we we're still waiting for our Braille schedules here. Um, I don't know. I've got to call in. Well, I called the librarian. She emailed me back. She was going to try to check with the library to find out what's going on. If you're interested in the Braille schedules, call your library and ask about it. Because the more libraries ask questions, the more the NLS might respond, or there might be some bottleneck that might get alleviated. If, if, you, if you're interested in the Braille schedule, just call your regional library and tell them that, and if, especially if you're on the schedules list, and, and that may help uh, speed things along. But we don't know what's going on. As of Friday, they hadn't been shipped at all. Joe Castiglione will uh, do 81 games this year, so he's dropping from probably about 120. He'll do 60 at Fenway. So, for example, he's going to do this weekend, and then he's going to go back to Florida. And, uh, uh, you know, he's uh, Euclid, apparently. Kevin Euclid is going to be the primary Nesson guy. What do you think of that, Rick? Uh, he's growing on me. <laughs> okay. That sounds uh, optimistic. I'm, well, at <laughs> first I didn't care for him at all, but he, he, it is getting better. Yeah. But well, I'm, that's I'm kind of that way. Anybody new, you know, after I've been listening to somebody else for a long time, it takes me a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim Palmer is going to be there to do the TV for the Orioles at Fenway because he was talking to uh, Joe Castiglione about that. So uh, he, at least the Oriole TV is traveling, so that's good good news. And uh, uh, turns out that Cincinnati is playing, paying Ken Griffey Jr. still. He's 53 <laughs> years old. He's the fourth highest pay, uh, person on the pay, uh, Reds uh, payroll, getting $3.59 million this year. So there you go. What do you think of that? What do you think of that one, Bill? Hold on, guys. What do you think of that one, Bill? Well, I think that's pretty good. It was that guy for the Mets. Um, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, Bonilla. Yeah, yeah, I think which one of them is going to end up getting paid. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla goes until 2035. I don't know how long Ken Griffey's goes. But, but now, Bill, I guess with Red Fins, you guys can have Ken Griffey Day. Oh. 
Yeah. yeah. Might as well bring him back as he could <laughs> opening probably. Opening day, yeah. Play opening back. day could be King Griffey But day. Joey Votto's thinking about retirement, so. Yeah, he's, as I understand it, maybe you can fill in this, Bill. He is starting the season on the injured list, Votto is. Even though he's been playing lots of spring training games. So I don't know. Yeah the deal because I think they still have to pay him his contract. Oh, they do? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so but I think, I think he's talking about this being possibly his last year because he doesn't want to play for another team. He, he, he wants to retire a red. Well, he's going uh, to the MLB way. app is working okay with Miss A. I got it to yes. work uh, right away on Sunday night, so that's good. Some years we have trouble getting it started, but seems to have gotten off to a good start. And uh, Anthony Volpe is starting, uh, you know, going to start uh, with the Yankees this year at uh, shortstop. Uh, he's already uh, been playing for them. And uh, first he's time, a big... first uh, 21-year-old since Derek Jeter. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And Nico Horner uh, signed a year, uh, an extension for three years at 35 million. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, and in Chicago, no, Mork, uh, that's Cubs news. And Chicago, the score is going to go on FM as well. Uh, 670 to score. They're going to be on 104.3. I guess they're taking a, jam, a format called jamming off uh, something. So uh, they're, they're going to be on there sometime in April, pretty soon in April, I guess. So, yeah, uh, I haven't be, heard a date yet. but yeah. That'll be Chicago's first FM sports uh, station. So these picks, we got to kind of rattle through did them we, here. Did we, uh, Chris, did you get to the umpiring hmm. stuff real quick? Uh, no, no, that's right. Go ahead, Perry. Um, uh, yesterday... We had two umpires who, I mean, just don't get it. Randy Rosenberg, who is a PCL or a, uh, International League umpire because we have him here a lot, and he hasn't done anything stupid like this when he's been here. But apparently J.T. Romuto had uh, put out his hand, you know, his glove for Rosenba Rosenberg to drop the ball into his glove, you know, so he could throw it back to the pitcher. And after a while, he moved his hand, and then Rosenberg proceeds to drop the ball on the ground and then ejected Romuto uh, at that point. So that was, you know, I'm guessing he thinks that we came to see Randy Rosenberg in spring yeah. training. Yeah. But then last night, of course, Sergio Romo, we know, had a one-day contract with the Giants so he could retire a Giant. And yep. Nick Lentz, the plate umpire, proceeds when he's warming up and getting to call two pitch clock violations on him. And, of course, Sergio Romo doesn't know anything about this stuff. He's no. not dealt with it. Bill Miller, the crew chief, was waving to him, you know, knock it off, knock it off. And, of course, Nick Lentz must have, must have thought we were here to see him, too. But, um, you know, yeah. normally John Miller is not overly critical of umpires. But he said last night when, when, when Lentz did this, he said, this guy just doesn't get it. And there were like 35,000 people in the ballpark last night to say goodbye to Sergio Romo. You know? That might be their biggest crowd of the season until they play, <laughs> you know, except when they play the Dodgers. the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Dodgers only have two visits to San Francisco this yeah. year. One but the Red Sox are coming in. They'll, they'll draw yeah. well when that happens, too. Yeah, well, the Cubs, the Cubs too. Yeah. Okay. And one of the Dodger so, visits is early on and one the last three games of the season. So they're, oh, they're wow. going to get to play them real early and real late. Yeah. Okay, so we got to get to our picks here, or we won't get them in before the season starts. And you guys are, oh, they went four and zero. That's why you're yeah. picking them now. Okay, so I'm, I'm I've written down all the standings. I'm not going to go through all that, but I will say that I have Toronto winning the American League East, Cleveland winning the Central. I have Houston winning the West for the, the postseason teams. I have the Yankees, 
Seattle and the Red Sox getting in. I'm thinking the Red Sox, they never do, as Peter Abraham said in the Globe, they never do what you expect them to do. They finish last, and if they go with a challenge or whatever, you know, finish last in 20, were horrible, and then they almost won the pennant in 21, went back to last last year. I think they're going to be healthier. I think the pitching is going to be a little bit better. It better be, uh, but Chris Sale's coming out healthy, and not that I count on a lot. I'm not expecting them to last very long. But I think they will be in there, and I think uh, that Houston will win the American League pennant. for the uh, In the National League, I'm picking the Mets for the division in the East. I'm picking Atlanta. I'm picking uh, uh, Philadelphia. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the standings. I'm not, I don't have time. Mets, then St. Louis in the Central, then San Diego in the West. I think they'll beat out the Dodgers finally. And for the wild cards, I've got Atlanta, Philadelphia, and the Dodgers. And I'm uh, picking the Mets to win the pennant and the Mets to beat the Astros four games to two. So uh, let's see. Why don't we go on to Rick? Uh, yeah, just to make this quick, it, it seems almost the same as last year, and I hate doing that. So I'm, yeah. so I'm, I've just changed a couple just because I want to be a little bit different. I get the same teams winning the American League divisions, uh, a little different in the wild card. I got the Yankees, I got Chicago, and I have Texas. Um, in the National League, uh, same team as Chris had. I said, I have the I have Atlanta winning division, not the Mets, and the Dodgers winning, not San Diego. And the World Series will be Toronto and St. Louis, and Toronto is going to win. Okay. Ooh. Hey. All right. Uh, Perry. Rick, that that World Series pick out of the National League, though. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know, I know. I'm sick of um, the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. Oh, it's not like the Cardinals haven't been in the World Series. No. Right. Here we go. The American League. I have Toronto winning the East, the Twins in the Central, and the uh, Mariners in the West. And then I think it'll be, I think the Guardians will get in. I think the uh, Astros will get in, and the Yankees will get in. Those are my National League teams. Uh, or, I'm sorry, those are my American League teams. National League, Braves in the East, uh, Cardinals in the Central, yeah. Padres in the West, Mets, Phillies, Dodgers as the wild cards, and I will take uh, Atlanta and Toronto in the World Series, and I think Toronto wins. Okay. Uh, Bill, I'm going. I just got back. Um, <laughs> I, I know that feeling, Bill. Well, I got a, one of those homemade BLT sandwiches, and any time. Oh, you didn't share with the group, though. <laughs> I'll be yeah. glad to. Any, anyway, anyway, I'm going to pick St. Louis and New York with the Yankees ultimately winning. I don't know why. Okay. But I just am. Bill, you have as good Bill, you have as good a chance as anybody to get it right. And I'm not a Yankee fan. Um, okay. Um, American League East, uh, Toronto, Central Guardians, West Astros. Um, for my wild cards, I think the Yankees, um, Mariners, and Twins will be wild cards. National League, um, Mets, uh, Brewers, and Padres for division. And uh, Dodgers, um, Dodgers, Cardinals, and uh, I don't know, maybe the Cubs will sneak in for the third wild card spot. Well, I hope you're right, Robert. And uh, let's see, World Series, uh, I'll take the um, Mets in the, uh, Mets in the, uh, let's see, Mets Mets in the Blue Jays and with the Mets winning. Okay. 
Andrew. One one thing I will say before Sean gives his pick real quick, don't sleep on Minnesota. Their pitch, Mm. from what I heard from, I was listening to Joe Mm. Castiglione and Rob Bradford on Sunday, their Mm -hmm. pitching is apparently very deep. So they were impressed with it. So, Sean, go ahead. It better be, especially that young pitcher, as as they were saying, and we said, that young pitcher from Florida, Miami, better be pretty good because they traded the batting champion together. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. All right, well, I have Toronto, Cleveland, and Houston winning the divisions. Uh, Minnesota, Yankees, and Seattle as a wild card. Then I have uh, Atlanta, St. Louis, San Diego winning the divisions of the National, and then Philadelphia, Mets, Dodgers, and I have Houston beating San Diego in the World Series. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, like, like you. <laughs> okay. So we got, and we'll try to do as much NFL as we can, and I think that's about all we're going to have time for because we've got about 10 minutes yeah. to go. Oh, oh, yeah. NFL owners will discuss uh, possibility of flex games for Thursday nights as well as uh, the, the Monday night flexing. I think they're going to already I'll agree to. Apparently that's going to start on week 14, Chris. Yes. yes. And that's yeah. called the, I'm calling it the Al Michaels rule because yeah. they don't want to see him sitting there saying, why are we at this game here again? Yeah. Next, Nelson Aguilar signed with the uh, with the Ravens. I don't know who's throwing him the ball, but we'll find out. Yeah. Elijah Moore uh, acquired from the, the the Jets by Cleveland. He's a wide receiver. Uh, McCole Hardman signed with the Jets uh, from Kansas City. Uh, was with uh, Kansas City last year. Uh, c- could allow touchbacks or for, fair catches on kick. Oh, well, the, yeah, the, 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 there'd be, they could allow uh, you to have a fair catch on a kickoff and get a touchback, but that'll have to be decided uh, in the competition committee. And they could also move the punts up 25-yard line for a touchback. So that's, you know, again, they're trying to cut down on the number of kickoff returns and punt return. Carolina signed uh, DJ Chark, who was with Detroit, the wide receiver. Uh, the Rogers trade... I, ben Volan went through this whole thing. If you want to read about it in the Globe, it's still there at Sunday's Globe. It, my eyes and ears and head start to glaze over when the whole thing, when, it, when it's an advantage to do stuff before June 1st or after June 1st. The bottom line is they have to get something done by uh, the end, the day before the season in order for the Packers not to be on the hook for Rogers' sa- uh, whole salary. Right. Uh, I guess I don't be- understand what is holding this up because – they don't want he, the Packers don't want him. He doesn't want them. I don't understand what's holding this up. I think the Packers really. get are liable for less money if it happens after June first. That's what I got out of it. Yeah. And so I think they're waiting for that, and they're all. See, you know, Jets, I would think if they trade him, why would they be liable for any money? The uh, Jets want protection. Uh, the Jets want protection too, though. They don't want a deal where he's just here for a year and they're still giving up draft choices for two or three years. Right. So they want protection about how how it works when and and comp- compensation depending on less compensation given if he doesn't stay. That kind because of thing. remember, he's got two years. But see, I guess my point there is, you're the one that wants to trade for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the argument is that the Jets want some kind of a conditional draft pick as one that's part right. of the trade, yeah. right. depending on whether he played second year or so forth. Yeah, and I suppose and, that, I suppose then Rick, the Packers' point might be, well, why you know you're the one that wants him. Why are you hold? Why do you want us to have some conditional pick? You know, yeah, I guess that's a, their point. Yeah. It's a well, the, situation because both teams, I mean, the Packers, they're, they're screwed if they don't trade them. And now correct. the Jets are kind of screwed if they don't get them because everybody expects them to get them. Yeah, That's yeah right. but, but you know the other thing that was, uh, it was just Gresham Fourier just talking. They don't have any, why, you know, if, they, if the Packers get too uh, weird about this, the Jets could say, start talking to the Ravens about Lamar Jackson. They That's could. correct. Well, you they know? wouldn't necessarily talk to the Ravens. They, you just talk uh, to Lamar. Talk yeah. to him. Yeah. 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 And, he, and remember, right. he, uh, Lamar has requested a trade. 
Yeah, that's right. And he does not have an agent, so you talk to him. I think he does have an agent now. I think I heard that a week or two ago, maybe that he, he did hire not one. Not Meek Mills, no. is it, or whoever the oh, no, no, rap star rapper. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was actually a guy named Ken Francis who was a, like, like his a fitness coach or something. And evidently, he was starting to talk to teams about Lamar Jackson. And the league sent out a memo saying, this guy is not authorized by either the league or the Players Association to negotiate a contract. So don't do it, and you're telling teams not to do it. Okay. Right. We had a, an interesting thing that Ben Volan had. And this is, uh, we used to hear about this all the time. Okay, there's a Detroit uh, news writer, Jerry Green, that died. He was 96 years old. He covered all of the Super Bowls in person, including the COVID one, until this year. So that's pretty oh. cool. And yeah. remember, Rick, they used to talk about Will McDonough and Ron Hobson yeah. and stuff. Used to go to the get together of all the people who had covered, you know, twenty and twenty-five Super Bowls together. All all the guys who were the first one and so forth. Yeah. And uh, so this was the last of the Mohegans. He, he's the last one to die. Wow. And uh, Bobby Wagner uh, signed with Seattle a three-year deal, a uh, one-year deal. I'm sorry. And uh, as we said, Lamar Jackson has officially said that he wants to be traded, but that's okay because John Harbaugh is building his offense around him, so everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, any other NFL uh, tidbits, Rick? Yeah, a few quick ones. Uh, Deonis, De- Ernest Johnson, the running back for Cleveland, signed with Jacksonville. Uh, the Raiders signed tight end Austin Hooper. A Raiders tight end, uh, Foster Moreau, has Hodgkin's lymphoma, which he may not have found out about, except for he was interviewing with New Orleans and getting a physical because he, he was a free agent. Yeah, and he's from the New New Orleans area, so the Saints planned on signing him, and then yeah. the cancer showed up. So he's he's walking away for at least a while. Uh, the Giants signed wide receiver Jameis Crow- uh, Crowder. Um, the uh, let's see. The Broncos signed wide receiver Marcus Callaway from New Orleans. Cleveland wide receiver Marquise Goodwin from Seattle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Houston running back Devin Singletary from Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dallas signed running back Ronald Jones. Uh, Carolina. No, no, you said that, uh, Chuck. Yep. And and uh, at the league meetings so far, they've, they've voted down the having replay for roughing the passer. The the proposal that Philadelphia put forth about uh, allowing teams to try for fourth and twenty instead of an onside kick has been tabled. And the one thing they have passed, and I, w- I wish we had a, a dramatic sounder for, for big news like this because this is a big either. They did, they, there we go. They did vote to allow players to wear the number zero. And Calvin oh, good. Riddle, and yeah. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley is, going is to the wear. first one. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be the first one. Yep. So how and come you can wear double zero, but you couldn't wear zero? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I, I think, actually, I don't know if you can wear double zero. That might have been an AFL thing. Tomato. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Think. And Robert Parrish did in the NBA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, that's all I have. Okay. Any more uh, NFL from anybody else? Um, also, the, uh, the commanders. Uh, they have got two bids for six billion each. One from Magic Johnson and the Guggenheim Group, who own the Dodgers, and another one is from a Canadian investor. So we'll see what the NFL does about the sale of the Commanders. I know okay. they want to get Daniel Snyder out of there, and, but and, I heard just that. before we finish up, I can quickly do this one, and that's also about ownership. Tom Brady has uh, bought a minority ownership of the Las Vegas Aces, and uh, Mark uh, Davis is a majority owner, so he's all happy about that. So he's he's now got his foot in the uh, WNBA door. Yeah, so, and apparently he did this because he's got three uh, sisters that were all athletes, and so right. he's always, apparently, according to his statement, he's always supported women's and, sports. And here's one real fast before we leave. the uh, yep. Disney is announcing 7,000 layoffs. A lot of that will impact ESPN, so uh, we know that's coming. So, Sean, yeah. take it home. 
Well, get this wherever, wherever you can get your podcast, check us out. Uh, also, if you want to leave any comments, uh, sports lines at all things radio dot net, uh, sports, yeah, sports lines at all things radio dot net or 800-693-0595, option two. Stay tuned for book talk. Come back next week. We'll talk about the final four, the masters, more baseball, other stuff we didn't get to. And we are out of here.